0: Coming to you live from the incident control point at Mundaring, this is where firefighters are coordinating the battle against the blaze, which has already destroyed at least 56 homes and is still burning out of control. Now that's a reminder of the fire that ripped through Wurrulu and surrounding areas in February 2021. By the time it was over, 86 homes were destroyed. The damage bill was well over $100 million. Now a few months after that devastating blaze, police arrested a man and he was charged with breach of duty, and the allegation being that he used an angle grinder on a sea container on a property in the area while, of course, there was a total fire ban in place. He always rejected the allegations, saying that the first he knew of the fire was when he smelt smoke. Now, fast forward to yesterday, the third anniversary of the fire, and a lawyer from the Director of Public Prosecution's office walks into a courtroom and delivers another major blow to all those people who thought that the cause of their heartache and despair would finally be out in the open and that consequences might follow. The DPP discontinued the charge, saying it was no longer confident it could prove the case against the man. The trial, due to start next week, will not go ahead. Leading Perth barrister Tom Percy at KC joins me to discuss just why the DPP might go down this path. He joins me on the line. Thanks for your time, Tom. Oh, hi, Gary. Okay, Tom, now there's significant public interest in this. I mean, obviously, given people's properties were were destroyed, etc. why aren't we told actual reasons that the DPP has reached this decision to drop the case?
1: Well, they don't usually tell you. I mean, it's not an uncommon thing that getting close to a trial when they sit down, look at all the evidence uh, and... uh interview all the witnesses for trial and self-evidently they can't do that too far in advance because it needs to be fresh. Uh, they come to a conclusion that Look, we've got to prove this case beyond reasonable doubt. That's the highest standard that the law knows. We've, we've got to have an iron proof case so we, uh, if we're going to go ahead. And sometimes they come to the conclusion that they don't think they're going to get there. So they discontinue it because the cost to the public of running a trial like both having a jury, judge, prosecutor, witnesses, everything like that is enormous. And they've got to make a cost-benefit analysis of whether or not that's worth it if there's only a marginal case or a case that's less than marginal. Some pretty smart people down there, and they don't yeah. make these decisions lightly. Yeah, and no, I really see- don't make yeah. these, they agonise over them. But if at the end of the day they come to the conclusion they're not going to get up yeah. and they pull a pin.
0: Okay, but... I don't know whether it's just me watching sort of how the American system works from time to time, but wouldn't it be helpful and and, and fair that someone from the office of the DPP would stand up and explain a little bit more to the public as to why such a matter is not going to go ahead?
1: Well, I think it would. I've always uh, been of the view that when a case is discontinued, Uh, They should tell you why it's going to be discontinued. Now, I come from the other side of the fence. I don't Mm -hmm. look a gift horse in the mouth. If they're going to pull it out, I'm quite happy just to go home and take it. But I think victims or the people who are the complainants in these sorts of cases deserve a bit more. And I think they probably might privately been given a few more reasons than that. Uh, But it's not usual for the prosecution to come out and give that. a couple of reasons for that probably. Is firstly, it's sometimes very technical. Secondly, it involves a fairly subjective judgment on the part of the person who's handling the case. And thirdly, there might be some civil ramifications because not everything ends when a criminal case ends. There may be other, other aspects, uh, insurance, civil claims for damages, things like that. And they don't want to compromise anything that, that, that might come from that going forward.
0: All right. Is there any possibility that another reason is that, they, that if they've decided to discontinue this action is there a possibility that they could get further evidence and then bring it back up or is it over?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not, that's not the stony end. I mean, the uh, accused person is probably hoping that it is, but uh, at the end of the day, if they come up with some more uh, evidence, then of course they could do it. It's interesting in this case, they didn't charge him with arson as such. Mm. Uh, And he was never charged with deliberately lighting the fire. So, They'd set the bar reasonably low to start with. They hadn't set out to prove that he intended to do it or that it was deliberate, but that he failed to take reasonable care to prevent uh, a device which could uh, inflame something from causing uh, the damage that it did. So I suppose they would have to prove effectively that it it was an unacceptable risk that he took and that at the time he took it, he knew, he must have known that what ensued actually was likely to ensure that it was foreseeable in effect. And I think they came to the conclusion they probably couldn't prove that.
0: Do do you have a view in terms of, you know, you've defended lots of people, that for this particular guy who, uh, as I said, was charged, I think it was July of 2021 after the fact, uh, you know, it's been a long time for him to get to a point where all of a sudden the matter's dropped. Uh, Is there some sympathy for him because the case has been discontinued?
1: Well, it happens every day, Gary. As you know, uh, if you get acquitted in our court system, unless it's in a magistrate's court, uh, you get no compensation and you don't even get your legal costs back. So yeah, I've been fighting that fight for a long time now, but it has no interest. There's no votes in it, so the politicians aren't interested. But if you know, someone like Lloyd Rainey, who spends $2 million on his defence, $2 million he didn't have probably, uh, gets nothing back. All of these people who do this, a lot of them act with legal aid or pro bono lawyers, uh, they get no compensation. They get nothing back for the two years or three years that it's been in the system. But that's the way it goes. The public tolerate that, and the politicians know there's no votes in it, so they're not happy, Not keen to change
0: it. Would this bloke's defence lawyer have been told by the DPP the precise reasons? Would they? You know, would you, as a lawyer, be told that these are the reasons? This is why we're not going to go. There's no chance because of this, this, and this. Or is it you just? Are you just given the same sort of line? that there's no reasonable prospect of a a prosecution being successful? Is that all you get? Look, I had
1: one pulled out uh, last week. It was a sexual assault case. The only reason they gave is that we no longer consider that there's any reasonable prospect of conviction. So that's all we know. We don't know why. We don't know whether they've interviewed some witnesses who've gone to water or, you know, they've lost a piece of evidence or they they consider that uh, there's a legal impediment to it. We're not told that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I suppose the only thing that, uh, that those people could do was go and see the minister and see if the minister was able to get some more reasons out of the DPP. But you know, as I said, usually there's good reasons why they might not give expansive reasons about that. and Mainly they would consider the possibility of civil action further down the track.
0: All right. Uh, thanks very much for coming on and explaining that to us, Tom. appreciate it. My pleasure, see Tom Percy, KC.